Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Adam Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, and I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Glad to be able to start this first week of January out with new broadcasts. Yesterday, we had a one-day sermon, and I hope that it was a blessing to you. Now, today, we're going to begin a message that's going to carry us to Friday. We will. I'm dealing with assurance of salvation. One sermon that we've broken up into four parts, assurance of salvation. And I ended the year preaching messages about making sure that you're in the family, making sure that you're in Christ. Now, we're just giving assurance, hoping that we can find assurance through the Word of God. Amen. Now, before I do that, I do have a couple of good songs queued up that I trust will be a blessing to you. First of all, I've got the Shepherd family singing one we get quite a few requests for, Sandy Creek Revival. And it's based on the historical account of Sandy Creek Church in North Carolina that birthed a revival and God blessed and saw over a thousand churches planted from that one. And then we've got a song here that Brother Kevin Franklin, friend of ours in Kansas, passed away a few years ago. Brother Franklin sang this song in 2013. Ten years ago, he sang this song in the mid-Kansas camp meeting. And I pulled that out and boosted the volume a little bit. We're going to be playing that song. Great song. Brother Kevin Franklin singing, I'd Rather Have Jesus. All right, it is time to look in the scriptures again. And actually for the sermon that we're preaching now in in the process here this week, we've got several scriptures that we're using as our text. Our primary text is going to be in Psalm chapter number 35. But we're going to begin by reading some New Testament text to get the context and to bring out the message from 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, Colossians 2, 1 through 3, and then Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. And then, as I said, back to the main text of Psalm 35. But my thought and subject for today, I'm preaching on assurance of salvation. So I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Adam Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. If you will, turn in your Bible to Psalm chapter number 35. Psalm chapter 35. And I want you to hold your place there. That's going to be my text for my message today. But then I've got some New Testament verses that I want to look at to lay the groundwork. So Psalm 35 is where we're going to be taking our primary text. And then turning, if you found Psalm 35, hold your place there, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. And then I'll give you some others after that. Psalm 35 is where we'll be beginning, where we'll be coming back to. We're not going to begin there. We're going to begin in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. Then we'll be going to Colossians chapter number 2. And then from there to Hebrews chapter 10. So I've got several readings. First of all here, 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number, let me find my place here. Uh, I've got it written wrong on my notes. Verse number 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse number 5. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. I want to underline that phrase, and in much assurance. 
as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Now, if you'll turn back just probably a couple of pages, Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 1, and I'll read these first three verses. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding. Again, underline that phrase, all riches of the full assurance of understanding. To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now turn back to Hebrews chapter number 10. Hebrews and chapter number 10. Not verse 25 that most people think of in Hebrews 10, but verse 22. Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse 22. The Bible says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. I underline that phrase, in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I'm going to stop reading there and I will read in Psalm 35. I'm thinking on these three texts that deal with the word assurance. And it talks about much assurance in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. It talks about being comforted with all the riches of full assurance in, in Colossians chapter 2 verse 2. And then he talks about in full assurance of the faith there in Hebrews chapter 20 or chapter 10 verse 22. I want to preach on the thought assurance of salvation. This subject that I'm going to deal with and I'm going to look at Psalm 35. That's where my main text is going to be. And I'm going to use that brother Steve said it in Sunday school this morning. I thought was really good. He said we see faith in action or grace in action in the Psalms or in the Old Testament. We see many times God letting men and sometimes women act out what is taught to us in the New Testament. And I realize some say, well, the, the Old Testament's not relevant to us today. It is. It is relevant. There's nowhere in the Bible that God said, all right, we're stopping it here and the Old Testament's obsolete. Matter of fact, Jesus made it very clear that He did not come to do away with the Old Testament. Amen. Matter of fact, He said, that's what talks about me. Amen. And so he encouraged us when he said search the scriptures, he's talking about Old Testament scriptures. Amen. And of course then we know that applies then to the New Testament as well. But this subject of assurance of salvation, I believe is a very needful subject. Amen. I've dealt with several people over the years, some that live in constant doubt and turmoil, or at least in persistent doubt and fears concerning the state of their soul. It seems as if a lot of times some people uh, have a hard time just nailing it down and being settled uh, on that thing about salvation. And I've found that sometimes the problem is sin. When we're not living as close to God as we should be, we couldn't expect Him to give us the assurance that we should have. Matter of fact, if you're away from God and you've got more assurance than you've ever had, I doubt you've ever truly been saved. The fellow says, well, I'm, I know I'm living a sodomite lifestyle, but I'm going to heaven. He's a liar and the truth's not in him. Well, it says, I know I'm living a drunkard lifestyle, but I know I'm saved and going to heaven. He's a liar, and the truth's not in him. 
The crowd that says, I'm doing what I want to do. I don't care what God says. And I, but I've got assurance of my salvation. They are lying and deceiving their own selves. That's what the Bible said. Amen. The truth is not in them. Amen. But then there's not, it's not always the case of sin. Uh, sometimes there is the problem that we're gauging our quote unquote experience by the experience of somebody else. And I thought about just recently, Sister Helen, I got it settled about her salvation, gave testimony to that, and I'm thankful and grateful that she did. But sometimes when somebody who has made a previous profession then makes another one, other people start worrying and wondering, did I do it right? Did I really get the goods? Am I deceived? Am I confused? And sometimes there comes to be a problem that plagues their mind about their previous profession of faith. And so it seems to me there's some question and some doubts that arises uh, and they experience some fear concerning their salvation. Now let me just say it is good and healthful for us to examine ourselves. Amen. It is good and scriptural for us to look at our own life and judge ourselves that we be not judged. Amen. It is. It's helpful that we do that. Uh, but it's not good that we compare ourselves with somebody else. Amen. I've heard people give their testimony. Brother Herbert and I were talking about this. Uh, Brother Williamson and I were talking about this on uh, either Wednesday or Thursday. And uh, they stayed over Thursday and he did some recording uh, for his next month of broadcast. And, and that was a blessing. We had him over for lunch. We sat and talked and enjoyed good fellowship for a while there as we were talking. Uh, and it may have been in that phrase. He was talking about the fact of people that sometimes they listen to the preacher and the preacher tells about how glorious his salvation experience was. And if we're not careful, people say, well, you know, it wasn't as exciting when I got saved or I'm not sure that I wept as much or, or that I grieved as much or that I, uh, that I said the right things and, and all that. But I say again, uh, the scripture brother Steve again mentioned this morning in Sunday school, the Bible does not say look to yourself and decide whether you're saved. He says, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. When you're looking at yourself, you're looking at the wrong person for salvation. Amen. Sometimes they look at the preacher. Well, the preacher messed up. That was preaching when I got saved. Well, it's not the preacher that saved you. Amen. It's the Scripture. It's the Word of God. And the Scripture's not messed up, thank God. Amen. Amen. But anyway, so I want to look briefly at, at these uh, text verses and make a few comments about them. Then I'm going to go uh, to Psalm chapter number 35. Uh, I want you to notice David, David in Psalm 35, calling on God for assurance of his salvation. And he's talking about assurance for his own soul. We'll see that in Psalm chapter number 35 here in just a minute. But first I want you to notice that the Apostle Paul's writing in the first letter or first epistle to the Thessalonians. And as he writes there, he declares to them that the Holy Ghost let the gospel go forth. He talks about that in much power and in assurance. Amen. In much power and in much assurance. The Holy Ghost sent the word out. And the idea was that God convicted and convinced those people that they were sinners and that Paul's word were true and that they needed the gospel in order to be saved and they believed that gospel and repented of their sin and trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Paul said there's much assurance in that. You saw that and it was very clear, amen, that you were convinced by the Holy Spirit and that you have been now saved. Secondly, in Paul's letter to the church at Colossae, he had never met the Colossians. He mentioned to them that they've not seen his face. And yet he had heard of their profession of faith and had rejoiced in that. 
and had prayed for them that they might be comforted. That's the word that he used, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together, verse 2 says, unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding through the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. Amen. And so he's saying, I want you to be comforted by the full assurance. You know there is torment in fear. There is torment in doubt. There is confusion in doubt. Paul said, I don't want you to be confused and I don't want you to be tormented. I want you to be comforted in the full assurance, amen, of that uh, knowledge or understanding of the gospel. Amen. And then he goes on in the writing of the Hebrews, whether it's Paul or not, I do believe it probably was. But he says in verse number 22 of chapter 10, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. How do you have that full assurance of faith? He goes on to talk about having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. God done some change on the inside. Amen. There's some change done on the inside. Our heart was sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed, he said, with pure water. I believe that's representing baptism, but he's not saying that baptism saved, but he said God did something on the inside and it's being revealed on the outside and it's showing forth. By the way, salvation is, is an inside work, but it has outside reference that you can see it, amen, and it can be known. And there's a lot of things we could talk about about that. I don't have time to chase all the rabbits. But you remember Jesus, a number of times, Jesus would perform a miracle and He'd tell the people then to show forth that miracle. For example, those ten lepers, he's, Jesus did a miracle on them, but He said, you go your, show yourself to the priest. That was to be a witness to the priest that Jesus was the Son of God, that the Messiah had shown up, and that a miracle had been performed that no human being could have performed on His own. Amen. Your life, after you're saved by the grace of God, is a testimony to the people in your home, is a testimony to the people down on the workforce, is a testimony to those around you that God did a work that no man could do. Amen. So there's an inward and an outward work that is full assurance, amen, of salvation. Now, there are some religions, such as Catholics and some Protestants, that teach that you cannot be assured of your salvation. That you just have to hope so. That you just have to trust that maybe you come down to the end and if enough prayers are prayed, if enough candles are lit, if enough money is given. Amen. Uh, one fellow I read after made this statement. He said, he's talking about purgatory. And he said, if there were no purgatory, then there'd be no praying in the Catholic Church and no food in the Pope's pantry. <laughs> I thought that's pretty good. But it's not just them. There's a lot of groups that believe, or there's at least some groups that believe that you can never know. And when you don't know, you just hope you are in constant subservience to the priest or to your quote-unquote religious leader. You're at his whim. You're at his favor. And he, he has you in servitude towards him and your religion. Amen. And that's the way that they live their whole life. But Paul said that's not what we want. And that's not what the Holy Ghost does. The Holy Ghost gives full assurance, he said. The Holy Ghost brings it with much power and full assurance. Amen. And I believe that's what God wants for us. Now, looking at the Old Testament, in Psalm number 35, I'm going to read the first nine verses. And I'm going to take a text from these and, and preach my message this morning on assurance of salvation. Look at Psalm 35, verse number 1. 
the psalmist, it says it's the psalm of David. He starts off with this, with this cry. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Draw out also the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Look at this phrase. This is my text. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Amen. He's looking to God for assurance. He's looking to God for assistance. He's been under the onslaught of the enemy. He's been surrounded and attacked by the enemy. And he says, God, I need you to fight for me. I don't have the strength to fight. I don't have the ability to fight. I need you to fight for me. And the only way that I can have you fighting for me is if you speak to me and you give assurance to my soul. Amen. Verse number 4, let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be as chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them for without cause have they hid for me uh, their net in a pit which without cause they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him at unawares, and let his net that he hath hid catch himself into that very destruction. Let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. So I not only underline in verse number 3, Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. But I also underline all of verse number 9, And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in His salvation. Amen. The devil does not want you rejoicing in your salvation. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.